Welcome back to the Para Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra. And today we have another special guest. We're gonna be chatting with Maraya and she is located in the Netherlands. So she has a very unique and Dutch name. To me, it's very unique and beautiful. And she also has two turquoise green cheek conures. One of them is a yellow-sided conure and they are so adorable. She also has a bronze-winged pionis. I hope I'm saying that right. And so we're gonna dive into what it's like to have her flock at home and she's going to share some really cool ideas for her bird room and some really cool ideas that I saw her share on Instagram. So we're going to chat about that and so much more. So let's jump in with Mariah. You have your Christmas tree. Yes. Oh my god I love it. I have my Christmas tree here too but I haven't dressed it up yet. So I think after the podcast I'm going to dress it up because it looks so pretty. Yes and look I have all these kinds of parrots in my tree oh wait my this is God. the best one where did you get these parrot ornaments <laughs> well i got them at random stores in the netherlands so i can't really say it's all random stores oh my gosh i have to go shopping and find some those are so cute i want all parrot ornaments i want to have a parrot christmas tree <laughs> that's my goal yeah. oh my gosh so cute i love it <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How was your day and your drive home from work? Yeah, it, it was a long day again, <laughs> but it's fine. I was really excited about the podcast. I also listened to your previous one on my way home. So, Oh, I love hearing that. That's awesome. <laughs> I know it's great. Podcasts are great because you can listen to it in the car. You don't always have to watch yeah. the video. You can you know, follow along no matter what you're doing. So that's great. I love hearing that. Yes. (laughs) Tell everybody a little bit about yourself and tell us your social media handles and a little bit about your birds. What types of birds do you have? How old are they and what are their names? Um, So my name is Marije. Um, I'm from the Netherlands. Um, So my English might not be that good because it's been a long time since I've talked English. So I'm, I'm sorry for my English. And um, yeah, I'm 24 years old and I have three parrots, uh, two green cheek conures and one pionis. And my green cheek conures are Yoshi and Vinny. And my pionis parrot is Pino. And yeah, maybe some of you know me from Instagram because my Instagram is Yoshi uh, green cheek conure, GCC. <laughs> yeah. the, the short form of green cheek conure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and Yoshi and Winnie, are they both turquoise green cheek conures? Yeah. Yoshi's One of them, the I think, nor- is yellow sided. Yeah. Winnie is yellow sided and Yoshi's the normal turquoise. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, Winnie reminds me a lot of Mia because Mia is also a yellow sided yes. turquoise conure. Definitely. So I always look at your conures and I'm like, they're so cute. But yeah. I'm biased because I love turquoise green cheek conures. Yes, me too. I love I love turquoise the most. I don't know. They're so cute. I know. Me too. I I really dreamed about having a turquoise green cheek conure because turquoise is my favorite color of all time, like for my entire life. So I always wanted a turquoise green cheek, but I fell in love with conures. And now I'm like, I want to be the crazy conure later. Sorry. I want to be the crazy conure lady. And my husband's like, oh no, we're going to have a huge bird room with every type of conure. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) that's my dream. (laughs) Not just the turquoise anymore. 
<laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Because Conyers are just so cute. I just love their little faces um, and their personalities. But I wanted to know a little bit more about a pionis. Is that how you say it? I think so. In in Dutch, we say pionis. Um, okay, so pionis. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying this right. <laughs> Me neither. I, I'm just saying uh, whatever sounds English. But <laughs> pionis is what I say in English. Um, yeah, you wanted to know more about Pino? Yeah, like what is his personality like? What is it like to have a little bit of a bigger bird? Does he get along with the green cheeks? Tell me everything. Well, I always wanted a, a, a bronze-winged Pionus. That's the exact uh, species of Pino. Um, but I was all, in the beginning, I already wanted one, but I was like, I should start with a smaller bird. It felt safer because I didn't have any experience with birds yet. And for me, a Pionus was really big. Even though right now I think he's the smallest boy ever. Um, but I thought he was so big. Um, so I started with green cheek conures. And then when I was very confident with them, I was like, yeah, I can handle a pionis. Um, but little did I know that a pionis is way easier than those green cheek conures. <laughs> really? Why do you say that? Because Pino is so calm and easy and... It's like the total opposite of a, a normal parrot. Like he doesn't destroy my house. He doesn't make a mess. He doesn't make a noise. <laughs> He's so easy. Like he will just go in his cage when he needs to. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's so easy, I swear. Yeah, but of course every bird is different. But yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I have a friend and he also had two Pionis parrots. And he also says he has a lot of birds. And, and he's like, yeah, my Pionis parrots are so easy and they they never make a problem. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And what is their like loudness level like? Like, does Pino get really loud? Can he be louder than the green cheeks or is he not very noisy at all? Pino, in my case, he's not noisy at all. He he can be loud. I have a, another friend. She has a Pionis. Her Pionis is quite loud. Um, but Pino has never made so much noise as her. So yeah, maybe it's just Pino, but in my experience, he's not loud at all. Um, he only talks. So when he calls me, he also, um, he says kusje, which means kiss. <laughs> so that's, that's our language in the whole house. Also the green cheek conyers always scream kusje. Um, and that's, that's the way so we call cute. each other. Yeah. So when I'm upstairs, Pino will be like, kisha, kisha. <laughs> so that's the only thing, but it's it's adorable. Like I cannot even think it's annoying or loud or anything. It's so cute. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm the same way with Mia when she says her name. So she learned to say her name and that's how she gets my attention. If she knows that like, you know, I'm in the other room and she wants my attention, she'll start saying Mia, Mia, oh, Mia. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. So, cute. so immediately I run to her. <laughs> yeah, because it's just too cute. Yeah. I know. And I've been trying to teach her to say I love you. So every day I'm like to her face, I'm like, I love you. I love oh, you. Yeah. I love you. I love you. And the day she says I love you back, I think I will like melt to the floor. <laughs> yes, I, I can tell you that you will. Because Pino also says I love you, but in Dutch. So every time he says it, I'm always crying. <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's like the best feeling as a bird mom. Mia, I do you hear that? <laughs> so mom, you should say too. Oh my gosh. Okay, so having a peonis is very different than having green cheek conyers. They seem to be a lot calmer, cleaner, and quieter. Yeah. Maybe it's just pino, but the thing about a bigger bird is that he, well, he used to be clipped uh, with his previous owners. Um, so he wasn't good at flying when he came to my place. Um, he gets better every time. Right now, I, I would say he's a perfect flyer, but he's still insecure about landing. So he only has a few landing spots that he, he feels comfortable with. And those are his cage, um, his play tree, his other play tree, and me and the couch. So it's only like a few places where he will fly to. And I think that's why it, he's not very messy, because it's all of those places are meant for him. So it's okay if he poops there. Um, and if he makes a mess there, it's okay. But like my green cheek conyers, they fly everywhere. They fly on top of the door, on top of paintings, <laughs> on top of everything. So I think that's what makes it easier about him. But I'm still not sure if he will get more comfortable in the future and will land on different areas. I think that's very possible because I've only had him for two years, I think. Um, so there's still a lot that can happen but right now he's so easy <laughs> oh that's so lovely so you said that his wings were clipped have his flight wings all grown back in yeah already when I adopted him from his previous owners I'm not sure if they were uh, if they meant to let them grow back but he only missed like three feathers in each wing um, so it was very quick when he came to me that he lost all of his uh, clipped feathers and grew back his uh, good ones. Yeah. Oh, and so when you brought him home, is there something that you were doing to help him get more comfortable and more confident with flying? Like maybe diet or any like tricks that you were doing to help him like build those muscles? Um. Well, Pino was very um, shy when he came to me. Um, for me, it was very different from the conures because they were like from day one, they were chaos and they were they haven't had a period where they were shy. Well, Vinny, the first hour that he was at my place, but it's really different from Pino. Like he really needed at least six months to to get more comfortable. And wow. um, in the beginning, I couldn't even handle him a treat like he would not accept it from me. So like I never I was never able to train him in the beginning um I did some target uh training but he didn't do it for the treat so after a while I was like well I'm not gonna train him until he he's comfortable with me and he uh, accepts treats and then when that period came he already started practicing flying by himself so I never really trained him to fly he just practiced by himself and yeah he, he loves going to me, so I think his motivation to hang out with me was, yeah, what got him to fly. Because he still doesn't do tar um, uh, recall training. Like, I cannot call him and he will come. Uh, really? I haven't been able to do that yet. <laughs> Is it because, he, do you think he's not confident or he's, like, too scared to land on your hand? I think, yeah, he's not used to land on my hand yet. He will go to my shoulder, but I cannot do it on command yet. Uh, he always does it randomly. 
Oh, well, practice makes perfect. The more you practice, I feel like with parrots, like they're very finicky that way. Like you have to really be patient and yeah. just keep being consistent with them and persistent and doing it over and over and over and over again. Like with yeah. me, I do recall training, but there are specific treats that I have to use when training yeah. because I know she'll be mm -hmm. motivated by them. And one yeah. of them is banana. So I don't give her banana oh. regularly because she loves yeah. banana. So whenever I'm having a banana and I know she wants it, I'm like, this is an opportunity for me to do some recall training or any kind of training because she'll go crazy for banana. So yeah, yeah, it also, I think really is important to find like the right treats that your bird is motivated by when it comes to training. Yeah, that's um, really true. Yeah. I also wanted to ask you, so Pino, you adopted and how did you find him? Um, I found him on the Dutch marketplace. It's kind of similar to Craigslist, I think. Okay. Um, so it's like a, a platform where people can sell their stuff. And there was there were some uh, a couple who sold their Pionis parrot. Um, I was always on marketplace finding uh, Pionis parrot because I really wanted to adopt one. And yeah, then there he was. And um, I went to their house just to have a look. And then I came home with him, of course. Oh, <laughs> and how did you get Yoshi and Winnie? Are they adopted as well? No, they are not adopted. And I already want to say, I I honestly don't, um, I don't like the way how I got them. Um, right now, I, I don't support the bird trade at all. I don't feel comfortable with the bird trade. Uh, it makes me sick in my stomach. Um, but back then, I thought that a first bird um, was very difficult and a, um, a rehomed bird was really difficult, I thought. Um, so I had to start with one that was already tame and everything. That's how I felt. Um, so I got Yoshi from a hobby breeder, which is still okay, in my opinion, but I wouldn't do it anymore right now. I, I would rather adopt. Um, but he was... Uh, at least he was parent-raised, uh, which is something I really support. Um, in the Netherlands, it's actually illegal to hand-raise birds. Um, oh. Yeah, I. that's something I heard in your previous podcast, that you were like, yeah, you should get a bird that's already weaned by the by the breeder. But yeah. in the Netherlands, this is illegal because it's, yeah, it's not good for the emotional well-being of a bird. Like, he needs his bird mom to... to um, yeah, to, how do you call it? To raise. Yeah, to raise him and to feed him. But by weaning, what I was referring to is that they're already eating solid foods so that you don't have to give them formula or worry about the parent yeah. feeding them. So when yeah, you get a weaned bird, then you don't have to worry about also having the parents mm -hmm. or having to hand feed the formula. By yeah. having a bird that's already weaned, you know that like you can make them fresh chop, you can give them pellets and you can get them on yeah. a good diet without having to worry about that step. Yeah, but in the end, it's also important that they're weaned by their own parents and not by the breeder. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's something that was important for me. So, um, well, back then it wasn't that important. I didn't know this yet actually so it was an accident that I got Yoshi and he was parent raised um, and then after three months I decided I wanted to get him a friend so I was looking for a new bird and back then I was a really big fan of a certain parrot store in the Netherlands and I really wanted my bird from there but 
I don't really support that parrot store anymore. So I don't, I wouldn't recommend getting a bird from a parrot store, at least not in the Netherlands. Like, I, I feel like anywhere. Every... What? I don't think anywhere. I don't support no. it either because they're yeah. not living in good conditions. And there's so many pet stores that people are reaching out to and emailing and writing petitions and yeah. are trying to do something about it. But I also don't really like supporting pet stores like that either because they're just treating them like a thing when they're living beings, you know? Yeah, and the difference why I thought it was good is because it was a parrot store. So it wasn't a pet store and it was um, a very um, a passionate man who has the pet at the parrot store. And because there was a lot of knowledge about parrots, I thought it was a good place. But still, they get their parrots from weird breeders and uh, big breeders. And um, so, yeah, I, I really don't like it. And they also hand feed the baby birds. They just do it like um, they have like like 20 baby conures and they just put like the, the food in there. I, I don't I don't like it. So I don't support where I got my conures. So that's why after them, I only want to, to adopt. And that's why I also adopted Pino. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. But Yoshi and Winnie are really lucky to be with you because they have such a good life now. And Thank Pino you. is also really lucky to be with you. And I'm on the same page with you. We got Mia from a very reputable and a very good breeder. And mm -hmm. I, when I was looking to get a turquoise green cheek conure, I really did my research. I wanted to make sure that like everything was prim and proper. And she is like really an amazing breeder and she provides them with such a good diet and good care and all these different things. So we were really happy with that. But the other thing that was important to me is that I also had like all of her paperwork and all of that stuff as well. So that was something yeah. that was important to me. But going forward, I also want to adopt. And I've talked about this before because we definitely want to grow our flock. Mm -hmm. And I want Mia to have a friend and then probably more friends. But yeah. I do want to make sure that our next bird is adopted because there are so many birds that need so homes. many. Yeah. yeah there's just so many it's, yeah and there's so many people that like will walk into a pet store and they'll get a bird and not really know what they're getting themselves into and then yeah. you know once that bird hits puberty or they're tired of it or yeah. you know when people get pets for Christmas and then after yeah. a few months they're like I don't know what I'm doing or I don't want this then they yeah. put it up on these websites or these adoption groups so there's really a lot of birds that need really good homes yeah and when i uh, bought uh, yoshi i was like yeah adopting birds is difficult because they're always difficult birds with a, a big history but the thing is most birds are rehomed because the owners um didn't have time or they they don't like it anymore or it's too much energy too much money it's it's not too always loud. it's almost <laughs> never the bird's fault so most rehomed birds are really good and nice birds and it's even easier because you already know the personality a, a little bit and yeah it's it's really not that different or difficult 
Yeah. And I think yeah. that there's a lot, uh, you make a really good point because there's like a huge misconception around how, yeah. you know, when you adopt a bird, they're going to be difficult and they're going to have issues and a history, yeah. but that's not always necessarily true. And even if they do have some kind of history or behavioral issues, it probably stems from the owner, not understanding body language, not understanding how to train, how to provide enrichment and all these different yeah. things. And that's why those behavioral issues are there. And if you work with those issues through it with your bird, then they'll, you know, be able to resolve them and they've got a really great personality. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you what sparked your interest in parrots? Like, <laughs> I know you're 24 years old and I want to know, like, when were you like, I want birds. <laughs> I'm going to be a crazy bird lady. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my reason is pretty boring. Um, well, I grew up with no pets and um, my parents are not really the pet kind of people. Um, and I always really wanted pets. I always felt so connected to animals. Um, so since I was young, I was always watching YouTube videos about every kind of pet you can think of, like rabbits, hamsters, uh, reptiles. I love watching reptiles videos. Um, and then one day I, I saw a video about parrots. I think it was from Marlene McCohen. And I just fell in love immediately. And ever since then, I only watched parrot videos. And and yeah, yeah, it was the only thing I, I only I watched on YouTube, parrot videos. Um, so yeah, I, I, I also did a lot of research thanks to that. But it started with, yeah, bird videos. That's awesome. <laughs> Actually, you bring up a really good point. And I think that since we were talking about, you know, adoption and getting a bird and getting into birds, I think another thing that's really important to do before bringing a bird home, or once you've decided that you want a bird is to do a lot of research, watch yeah. all the videos, especially the species that you're interested in specifically, watch videos, read information online, talk to people who have the type of bird you have, find out what their diet is, what their temperament is, you know, like biting, puberty, hormones, there's just so much to learn. And I feel like even though I've been a bird mom for all these years, I'm constantly learning and finding out something yeah. new. Definitely. And I actually, when I decided I wanted a bird, I wrote a little um, hand book for myself. So I, I made a word document. You're so cute. With, yeah, <laughs> because I just wanted to make sure I did it right. And because I knew from all the videos I watched that it's it can be difficult to have birds. So I really wanted to be prepared. So I was like, I'm going to write myself a handbook. <laughs> yeah, I actually, speaking of reptiles, since you mentioned that, my mm -hmm. first pets in life were reptiles, actually. I had a turtle oh, nice. and then I had a bearded dragon. Oh, and girl. other than that, I've had fish. And then Ooh. we got Lambo, our dog, and then we got into parrots. And I can definitely say from those experiences that parrots are just like a whole different ball game. Like yeah. there's so much more to them. And like, it's just such a specific type of pet that you really have to prepare yourself for yeah. what it's like to have a bird. And there's a lot of lifestyle changes that you have to make as well. And like yeah, in, in your home and your routine yeah. and all these different things. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's, I think it's, maybe one of the pets where you have to change your lifestyle the most 
because there's so many so many dangers for parents like yeah. fumes and candles and just everything yeah and another thing is like that I've become really paranoid about is like what doors and windows are open. We got yes. nets on all of our windows so I can breathe easy if someone cracks the window open. But like yeah. with the doors, I always like before we open the door, I need to make sure that Mia's like secure somewhere or she's like in a room with yes. the door closed or in her cage because always. you never want to have a situation where your bird flies out because I hear about no. that happening a lot too. So there's a yeah. lot of things to think about. Our dog, if someone's at the door, no problem. I can open the door. He's not running exactly. away anywhere, you know? Yeah, but if exactly. Mia was to get out the door, that would be terrifying. You always have to be mindful of everything you do. Like every step you take in your own house, you have to be mindful of your birds. So it can be really, really, yeah, heavy. Yeah. I've talked about this on several episodes before where you have to like, think about, you know, getting rid of Teflon pans if you have them and candles and perfumes and all this kind of stuff. And like, I don't even use spray deodorants or anything like that. It's only the roll-ons and, yes. you know, I don't use hairspray or any products like that because I want to make sure that the air quality is really good. But yeah. there's also other things you have to think about. Like if you want to paint your home, you can't just have your birds at home to paint your home. The yeah. chemicals that you're using to clean your home, you have to be really mindful of that. We switch yeah. all of our stuff. I only use like vinegar and water and lemon juice basically mm -hmm. to clean everything. So there's so many different things that you have to think about and consider when you're getting a parrot because they are really sensitive. Yeah, definitely. Even with the oven and just cooking everything everything yeah yeah absolutely they can't be in the kitchen when you're cooking yeah it, oh even certain house plants like you have to make sure that each plant that you have in your home is safe because there's also a lot yeah. of ones that are toxic if they chew on them they can vomit they can die like it's crazy mm. yeah definitely yeah. So I know I slid into your DMs and we started chatting because I loved the idea that you posted. And this was a few weeks back about the perch with the oh, yeah. skewer through it. Mm -hmm. And then you put toy parts on it. And I was like, that's brilliant because I, now on that perch. Yes, exactly. I got it with me. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Tell me how you crafted this, where you got everything. I know you told me, but tell everybody because I love this idea. Yeah. So I actually got this idea from my friend, my own little zoo. So shout out to her. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's basically this skewer is from the brand Villa Filu. It's a Dutch based brand. Um, and yeah, when you buy it on the website, it says that you can drill a hole in a perch that is five millimeters big. And if you uh, drill the hole, like you can see it here, yeah. <laughs> and you can just put this skewer inside. And of course, you can always use different uh, stainless steel skewers and just make sure that the hole is tiny enough to make it like very sturdy. Um, but yeah, it's it's really nice because I really um, realized my birds don't really like hanging toys. They, like they they don't play with them enough. And with this kind of toy, they can so easily play with it. They can just stand on the perch and chew on it. And I think they really love how sturdy it is because it doesn't wiggle and it doesn't get away from them. They can just yeah chew very nicely. So yeah, it's a... Uh, 
it's a really nice idea. It's the favorite toys of all my birds. I know. I love it. I was telling my husband, I'm like, we need to buy these. We need, we need to do this. You need to drill all these holes because I'm yeah. not a handy woman, <laughs> but I love this because you can get different types of toy parts. And like for yeah. Mia, for example, she loves cork and soft types of toys. So mm -hmm. I can get these softer pieces. Pino is showing us how it's done. Thank you, Pino. Wow. What a great perch. Yeah, he is so cute. <laughs> but yeah, I love it because you can always switch up the toys. Once they destroy them, you just keep yes. the skewer and you change the toys. Exactly. Another thing that I was thinking is as a form of like food enrichment, you can also make like a skewer with some veggies, maybe yeah, some definitely. sliced peppers or carrot and broccoli, mm -hmm. maybe some fruit. Yeah. And that's a nice way for them to also have a meal. And because Definitely. it's stainless steel, it's easy to clean. And stainless steel is the safest metal to have for your birds. Yes, definitely. So I would always make sure it's stainless steel, especially if you're going to put food on it so it doesn't get rusty on the food. Um, yeah. Yeah. But That's another thing to add yeah. is when you have a bird, you have to be really careful with the types of metals that you have in your home and what mm -hmm. metal materials you're offering them because some of them can be toxic. Some of them rust and yeah, yeah, stainless steel is probably the safest one. Yeah. Stainless steel and aluminum. Alum yeah. Aluminum know. is also yeah. a safe one. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, I need to go and purchase those. And I think you said just for anybody listening, because you said that they do have international shipping. It was parrotbirdsupplies.com that you bought them from, right? I think bird wait, now I'm now I'm yeah, maybe parrots and bird supplies. Yeah, that's the right word. Yeah. Parrotbirdsupplies.com. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It, yeah, it's a really great store. And they also sell toy parts. So you can also immediately immediately um yeah, get all the parts to fill it up with. And the parts that you got, do they already have a hole through them so you can just slide it on? If you buy it from her, they already have a hole in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. That's awesome. But I usually buy my parts from random stores and I drill holes in them myself. <laughs> but it's easier if you buy it through her. And yeah. I also noticed that we have the same Montana cage and we have the same Trixie stand. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you have good taste in cages and bird stands. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk about this uh, Trixie stand a little bit because I saw that your setup was a little different than mine and I change it up every so often. It's never always the same because then that's just boring. And mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, what do you do like in your parrot's cages or on their bird stands to make them like really engaging, enriching and fun? Well, then I come back to the previous advice. <laughs> I even <laughs> drill holes in my play stands to... Yeah, to make sure that even Java trees and so on, they, the skewers are amazing on Java trees uh, because Java trees are usually a bit slippery and it's yeah. Yeah, not comfortable for, like they cannot really climb on it or hang uh, on it. So hanging toys are really difficult to reach on such a slippery tree. Um, so yeah, this is a really good um, thing to do, like drilling a hole and put a skewer on it so they can easily play with toys on play stands um yeah what more do i do the green cheek conyers they they are just always flying around in their whole room they have a whole room so yeah i just try to switch up everything um 
make sure that toys are um yeah uh, how do you say it um rotated like day, yeah rotated one day i put the toy there and the other day it's over there and i tried to get some foraging toys on the play that uh, play stands so how do you like to set up foraging opportunities for your birds? Because I saw in the Trixie stand that you had a bunch of stuff on the bottom. So I'm assuming there's a bunch of stuff in there to forage through. And what types of foraging toys do your birds like best? Um, What do they love best? Um, right now, Pino really loves his foraging wheel. Um, at first, Ooh. he got a little bit uh, annoyed with it because he was like, how does this work? I see the treat, but I cannot reach it. But right <laughs> now he understands it and he likes it. Um, I also really love using pine cones that you can attach to the cage and then put um, seeds in there with Arabic gum. I don't know if you know Arabic gum. No, I don't no? know this. Oh, this is the the biggest foraging tip ever. <laughs> Arabic gum is a natural glue product that they can eat. And yeah, with that, I make a lot of different toys. I always attach uh, seeds to pine, pine, uh, cones. pine cones. Yeah. And yeah, just you can do so much with it. I also make little nutri berries myself with the Arabic gum. So yeah. Wow. And where do you buy this from? Well, in the Netherlands, you can buy it in every parrot store and web shop, actually. So, oh, but I, I feel like this up. Yeah, I feel like it's not really used abroad because I never see international bird people use it. But in the Netherlands, it's really, really famous. Yeah, that is so interesting. See, I love this because every <laughs> podcast episode, I learn something new. <laughs> yeah, it's great, right? And do does this parrotbirdsupplies.com have this? Yeah, this yeah, gum? definitely. And yeah. what is, like, where is this from? It's a natural material, you said. Yeah, um, I don't remember exactly, but I thought it was from some kind of tree, Arabic gum tree. <laughs> okay, I'm looking this up right now because I need yeah. to know. Fact check me, please. <laughs> gum Arabic is a natural gum originally consisting of the hardened sap of two species of the acacia tree, the Senegalia Senegal, and Vachelia Seal. I, I can't <laughs> read these <laughs> words. <No. laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. There's a bunch of information about how this is a natural product. Okay. So it's a natural product that consists of solid juice derived from the acacia species. And it's safe for parrots. Yeah. That's amazing. I need to get yeah. some of this. Okay. I love it because... Mia loves pine cones. She actually has pine cones on her stand oh, here. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I also have pine cone perches where they have like the screw on the end and I can put them in her cage. And yeah, I always exactly. stuff stuff in there like seeds yeah. or like dried fruit or dried veggies or pieces of nuts. And she goes nuts yeah. <laughs> foraging in there. And she also loves to destroy the pine cones. So mm -hmm. I need to get some of this stuff because it'll yes. make everything stick a lot better. Yeah. But you said you make your own NutriBerries, and I love that. So tell me how you make your own NutriBerries. Well, every time I make them differently, I I have a whole stash of dried ingredients. And I always just grab random dried ingredients like dried flowers, dried mealworms, dried, well, just any type of seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds, um, coriander seeds, just 
any type of seat. Sometimes, well, right now my conures are on pellets, so I just use their seed mix for uh, Nutriberries. Um, well, I, I'm saying Nutriberry, but it's more like a treat, how I give it to them. Yeah, like I, a treat I, berry. Yeah, I, I, I put them on the, the purchase with the skewer. I also put a hole in it, so it can be on the skewer uh, between the toys. So they oh, really have to look that for it. That is so fun! <laughs> they love it, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's it. This is going to be my next little fun thing that I do in the kitchen with Mia is make our yes. own little treat berries. Um, yes. So you were talking a little bit about the bird room and I've seen your bird room on Instagram. I love it. Your bird room is awesome. So tell me a little bit about your bird room. Like what inspired you? Does Pino also go in the bird room or is it just the green cheeks? And what do you have in there? Like if someone's listening and they're like, I have birds, I want to create a bird room. I have an extra room in my home. What do I need to do? Maraya, please tell me. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, my green cheek conyers never had a cage because I was like, oh, that's so sad. And also it was difficult to catch them and put them in there. So I, I gave up when I was a student. And when I moved into this house, there was a room left over. So... <laughs> Yeah, I decided to just let them have their own room. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so the difficult thing about a room in a house is that you don't have the, the wires to put perches on. So, yeah, um, yeah it's the biggest struggle. So I, I had to drill a lot of holes in the walls to put, like, ropes around the room. Um, and eventually I decided to make my own, like, I made a plank, a wooden plank, and I drilled a lot of... Um, I attached a lot of perches to the plank and I then saw I saw this hang, yeah and then I hang up the plank um it's a lot of effort but at least that's another way to give them a lot of perches and not just ropes and yes. um I also put a little perch in front of the window because they love looking out of the window they're always on that perch and um yeah eventually I decided to get um how do you call it um aviary panels in the room um, to create a little, um, I don't know the English word for it, but a little space. So you have a double door and they cannot escape um, oh. easily. You know what I mean? Like a little in between. Like a sliding and... door. Well, it's not a sliding door. They're all just opening doors. But um, just to make sure um, when my mom uh, goes into their room, they're still a wall. So they cannot okay. escape. Yeah. yeah, I saw it's kind of like netted. Yeah, it's it's a aviary panel, so it's yes. like an aviary um, material. Yeah, and um, because of this, there's also more opportunities for perches because it's really easy to attach the perches to this aviary panel, mm -hmm. and um, so that's also very helpful. Actually, it's it the aviary panels were a great idea in a lot of ways because also my mom can feed the birds um, without the birds flying out of the room because I have a a little thing so you can feed them from the outside of the panels. yeah like the food dishes that turn out and then turn yeah, back in exactly so that's also i yeah just really perfect and yeah and they so, have lots of space in there too yeah definitely they can always fly and also another great tip is using the the little grids that you have on the bottom of the cage you know um, yes. Lots of people take them out of the cages because the, then the birds can walk on the on the the bottom of the cage and search between their fallen food, and you can take that grid and yeah drill it to the wall, and then you also have um, 
how you call it, like the wires to attach yeah. to. So it makes it easier without having to drill too many. But uh, how do holes. you get your hand behind it once it's drilled on the wall um, to screw yeah, on the punches? I drilled in a way that I can still take it off and put it back. So okay. Like yeah. with a little hook, actually. I actually keep that on the bottom of Mia's cage. We have the same Montana's cage, so you know. Oh, yeah. I keep yeah. that there because everything falls to the bottom. Her food, her poops, everything. And I don't want her walking all over that. So no. she likes to walk on the bottom too, but I keep that part there. Mm. So that she's not walking in all of her poop. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I, I really like that they can still forage for their things. And yeah. usually my birds don't ever get poop on their feet. So I don't know. They're very good at not getting into their own poop. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Speaking of yeah. poop, my whole chair is covered in poop. Oh, yeah. I pooped all over it today. I'm like, Mia, I don't have time to clean this. I'm yeah. going to be sitting in a chair covered in poop. <laughs> Yeah, I've been meaning to buy one of those Amazon chair covers so I can just take it off and wash it but somehow I haven't gotten to it yet and my chair is always just covered in poop <laughs> I know it's the it's the life of a parrot bomb it's yeah. a parrot podcast after all so <laughs> yeah so I'm glad that you brought this up because that's another thing with parrots is you just have to get used to poop being everywhere I find poop on the couch yeah. poop on the floor my chair is always covered in poop sometimes there's poop on my clothes occasionally yeah. I might get poop in my hair but mm -hmm. actually Mia's pretty good I don't know she's like so polite like if she needs to poop and she's on me she'll fly away she'll poop and then she'll come back or if she's on my head, she'll fly away, poop, and come back. And I'm like, thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> I know. She's Occasionally, she does poop on my clothes, but not as often as she used to. <laughs> Yoshi is the exact opposite. It's it's like he flies to me just to poop and then flies away again. I swear. Oh. They're so cheeky sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's a green cheek con your thing. Yeah. <laughs> they just love to make you angry <laughs> yeah sometimes they do when they're it depends on their moods because they also yes. have different moods <laughs> yes definitely yeah um but I wanted to go back to your bird room so you've got all these different ropes and all these different perches and I think that's important for their foot health you want to have a variety of perches and different materials and all these different things and so what do you do for toys? Do you do any hanging toys or do you do the skewers and all the perches in their bird room as well? I also have hanging toys, but usually on places where they can really easily reach them. So if there's a perch, I will put it right next to the perch on the wall. Mm. Um, yes. And also they have favorite spots in their rooms where if I hang a, a toy there, it will definitely be destroyed. And if I hang it somewhere else, they wouldn't touch it for years so there's a few spots where they will always destroy the toys and that's the parts where I focus on the most to be honest um, it's like three different parts in a room so that's where I put most toys and yeah uh, one of them is a hanging toy spot and two well one of them is a skewer I don't even know what the third place is they usually destroy the the two places the most <laughs> the skewers and the hanging toy next to the window Aww. so yeah yeah. And I think that that's um, something that happens over time. Like once you have a bird over time, you start to figure out where their favorite places are, what they like, what they don't like, yeah. even like what types of toys they like, what types of foods and like vegetables and pellets they like and all these different things. So yeah. it's definitely like an individual bird thing. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that over time you get to know your bird and you know where to put things and what they like. For example, Mango, he really loved like wooden toys. So we would always get him wooden toys because he would destroy those and his beak was much stronger than Mia's. Whereas Mia, she likes really soft toys and she likes like the Planet Pleasure soft toys, the yeah. paper ones, or she really loves cork because that she can tear apart really yeah. easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what other stores do you lo- like to shop at in the Netherlands? For anybody uh, who's, you know, in the Netherlands and they're listening or just in Europe with international shipping, I'm always curious, like, what other parrot stores there are around the world? Well, one of my favorite stores, well, it's not a store. It's my friend, my own little zoo. Um, That's her name on Instagram. Okay. Um, her her name's Laura. <laughs> Laura in English. And... um she has a lot of parrots a lot of parrots that need medical help as well she adopts them all and she makes toys um to be able to um yeah pay for the medical bills and her toys are always the best toys my birds love them always and um you can just tell her like um yeah can you make me some toys for 50 euros and then she will make a bunch of toys for the amount that you asked for and then she'll send it to you but I'm not sure if she can do it internationally, to be honest. Maybe Belgium and Germany are still okay, but I don't know if she can Would do it internationally. Would she send to Poland? You can ask her. You can try. I will ask <laughs> yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, because she's amazing and she also deserves it. So yeah, yeah. I really love supporting her for that reason. And um, another store, yeah, it's a really big one. It's called Aventuria. Um, yeah, it's just a very good web store, uh, web shop with a lot of bird supplies. They have everything, especially cages are, yeah, a good place to get cages in the Netherlands. Is that where you got your Montana cage? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I also wanted to talk a little bit more about Yoshi and Winnie. So I know now that you got them separately, mm-hmm. you got Yoshi first. Was that right? Yeah. You got Yoshi and then you got Winnie and they're both boys. Yeah. Okay, and so I want to know, when you brought Winnie home, what was Yoshi's reaction? And did you do a quarantine? And how did you get them to bond and get along with each other? Yeah, so um, uh, where do I start? (laughs) Yeah, so when I brought Winnie home, Yoshi's reaction was, um, yeah, he was... How do you, he was dominant, so he was really testing Winnie. So he was chasing him and uh, plucking him a little bit, like just a little bit, like chasing yes. him and grabbing his tail for fun and just see his reaction. And after a while, um, I don't know how suddenly it changed. Like Winnie just gave o- gave over, and then um, yeah, they uh, they started treating each other, and I think it was like five minutes of uh, Yoshi chasing Winnie a little bit and then it was love at first sight so they were treating each other so on the first day that they met they were like okay I like you yes oh yeah so I didn't do a quarantine but I already knew that Winnie was tested at the bird store right now I I wouldn't do it like this again because um at the bird store there's there can be a lot of diseases and even if they are tested at the store they can still mm. catch a disease in the meantime yeah. so 
right now I would always quarantine a bird and get them tested again for all the diseases. Um, but back then I thought it was already safe enough, but luckily it was fine like this. I already tested all of my birds a few times and they're all healthy. Mm -hmm. um, but I would still always advise quarantine, even though they're tested for the diseases. It's you never know, like when was their last uh, moment they were in contact with another bird and they can always catch a disease as long as they're in an environment with a lot of different birds. Yeah. And the scary thing about these avian diseases is they can spread so quickly yeah. and birds like to hide their illness for as long as possible, yeah. as long as they possibly can, which is also really scary. And that's yeah. another good thing to know about birds is you have to be so specific with like checking their poops and, you know, their diet and making sure they're healthy and going for regular yeah. avian vet checkups because they hide yeah. it as much as possible. Yeah, don't get me started. It's such I'm I'm always worried I'm about I'm trying to get you started. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm always worried about them. So I know. Yeah. I'm like a crazy bird mom. I'm like every day inspecting her poop. I told my yes. husband I want to get a microscope. <laughs> yes. Well, I think I'm at the at the avian vet every month and I'm Really? I'm, oh my yes. gosh. It's horrible. Yeah. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's not healthy. Um <laughs> So how often do you go for like a checkup to make sure that they're all good? They're all healthy. Do you do this monthly? Well, I don't need yearly checkups because I go so often thinking something is wrong that they're always checked. So um, <laughs> I usually go for a visa. That sounds like I... a normal bird mom to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always have a reason why, I, why I'm going. Like uh, one time Yoshi is always like, making puking movements and I'm like oh I should get this tech checked out and sometimes there's not even something well most of the time there's nothing wrong that's even the worst part I always see things and then there's nothing wrong um, that's a good and, thing it's better that you're being yeah. extra cautious and nothing is ever wrong than that's something true. being wrong because that's really true and the scary thing is that most times when something was wrong they had the least um scary symptoms like sometimes I do something really scary and I'm like, oh my God, this is really bad. And then there's nothing wrong. And then sometimes I'm like, hmm, that's a little bit weird. Maybe I should get it checked. And then suddenly they have a crop infection or whatever. So yeah, you always have to be mindful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, I don't want to scare anyone. <laughs> I know, but you know what? It's it's good. This is why we have yeah. the podcast is so that people can be aware that you have to pay attention yeah. to these things and you also need to really get to know your bird and their yeah. personality, their behaviors, their sounds, yeah. also knowing when it's hormonal season and things like that, because mm. when they're going through puberty, because you need to know when you need to go see a vet, because there's a lot of times where you have to act quickly. Yeah. And also every bird is so different. Like for one bird, it can be a normal behavioral thing to always be yawning, but if another bird does it, it can really be a sign of sickness. So you really have to know what's a behavioral thing that your bird does, or if it's really something different than what he normally does. Yeah. Because yeah, for each bird, it can mean something different. 
Yeah. Every time I notice something with Mia where I'm like, is this normal? Is something going on that I'm not really sure? I'm like immediately messaging like every bird mom that I know. I'm messaging our avian vet. And yeah. of course, every time I notice that something has happened, it's like yeah. the middle of the, not the middle of the night, but it's always like the evening when everything mm-hmm. is closed right always. before she's going to bed or it's on a Sunday. And always. in Poland, everything is closed on a Sunday. Same. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, why? <laughs> so it's always good to have like, you know, an avian vet that you can like message or there's a service that I found out about. It's called Vetster. And And you can always book an appointment like at any time, pretty much any day. So at least you can have like an online consultation or something. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Most of the the issues I have are really things they want to check out in real life. So messaging wouldn't really help for most cases, but at least they can, yeah, give your mind some rest or, or if it's really emergency, they can tell you how to handle it. But I never go for emergencies. So (laughs) Yeah, very good. I actually, (laughs) last week, I also did a parrot first aid course. It was done in Polish. So I have to admit that I didn't retain everything because I was like, what does that mean? What is this word? What is she saying? (laughs) But I understood quite a bit of it and I did learn a lot of new things. So I think that looking up some kind of parrot first aid information is always good. So you know what to do in a situation, like in case there's a blood feather or, you know, they're throwing up or something like that, you know Mm -hmm. what to do. And it's also a good idea to have a parrot first aid kit at home or at least like putting one together and finding out what are the different things that you should have at home in case of a situation. Like if there's bleeding, you want to make sure you have cornstarch or I think it's styptic powder and all of these different things like saline solution. And um, if you need to administer medication, having the, what's it called? Yeah, I don't know the name either, but I know what you mean. Like the uh, syringe. Yeah, syringe. Yeah. (laughs) Having like a syringe. And I also saw a video Bird Nerd Sophie posted um, not long ago about how you should do like voluntary medication training with your bird as well, just in case there's a situation where you have to administer medication. They're already used to it. And a lot of people like to use juice or something Mm -hmm. that their bird really likes. Yeah, it's really important because once your bird is sick and you realize that you didn't syringe train them and they really don't accept it, you're going to have such a hard time. And it's also going can ruin your relationship with your bird a little bit. Like, well, usually it gets, they get over it after you're done with the medication, but yeah, they can not trust you for a while after, after such periods. Yeah. Have you ever had to syringe any medication to your birds? Yeah, to all of them, actually. Yeah. And I never, yeah, I never trained them. So I know how how difficult it is if you don't train them. (laughs) So it was difficult without the training. Yeah, definitely. Yoshi is my, is also really easy bird of mine. I can just grab him with my hand and just hold him and he will love it. So he doesn't mind. But he is scared. He was scared of the syringe. So he would keep his beak closed. And there was no way to open his beak no way so that was really difficult when I had to give him medication um after that I trained him on syringe on the syringe so now he he just eats it voluntarily he even likes the taste of medication so 
that's good. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. Yeah, Yeah. I think that that's something that's really important. And I'm glad that we're talking about this because anybody that's listening, if you haven't done like syringe training or even like handling your bird, another thing when you're going to the vet is making sure that your bird knows you've done the handling training or like towel training where they're wrapped in a towel so that when they go to the vet, they're not as stressed and scared by these types of things or when they're being held by somebody else so that it's not an overwhelming situation for them. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Lots of different types of training yes. to when you have a bird as well. It's so, so much training. <laughs> um, I think we got a little bit off topic, which is good. But you were telling me about how Winnie and Yoshi bonded. So they (laughs) bonded. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Um, (laughs) So they liked each other after Yoshi was done teasing Winnie. And then Winnie was like, listen, we're going to be friends. And then ever since then, they've been like bonded and really great with each other. Yeah, sometimes they're a little bit like brothers or like married couple. Like they can have really big fights all of a sudden and then suddenly they're like a few seconds after they're already preening each other again so it's a it's a very (laughs) turbulent relationship but they mostly (laughs) love each other and I really cannot take them apart from each other because Uvini will be so stressed out and he will keep calling for Yoshi like there's no way you can separate them um Yoshi doesn't mind as much but Vinny is really attached to Yoshi and um that's yeah it's yeah they're so attached to each other probably because ever since you brought Winnie home Winnie's just been with Yoshi whereas before Yoshi was alone so it's a little bit Mm -hmm. easier for Yoshi I think so as well yeah and what do you do when they're having like a big fight like do you intervene how do you stop it or what do you do to ensure that they don't get hurt um I usually well I can only do it when I'm there of course but um I will just let Winnie step up to me because it's always Yoshi chasing Winnie. Yoshi is definitely the boss. Um, oh, Yoshi! Sure, yeah, I always make sure that Winnie can come with me, and I will. I will just like Yoshi will fly on me as well, and I will be like, no, no, <laughs> and then they usually stop, or I can just grab Yoshi and just hold him, and yeah. <laughs> and how do the green cheeks get along with Pino? Not at all. Well. I'm too scared. I'm too paranoid, to be honest. I think it's mostly me why they don't get along because I don't really give them the opportunity to interact. But mm-hmm. I'm just so scared of them losing their toes or their beak. And yeah. um, I tried it one time. I had Pino and Yoshi in a neutral space and I had them meet each other. But Yoshi was so aggressive. He kept chasing Winnie and pulling out feathers, like a lot of feathers. Um, pulling and, uh, Pino's feathers out or winning? Yeah, a lot of Pino's feathers. And Pino was really scared because back then he wasn't that bonded to me yet. So he was so scared of Yoshi. And um, they are still like this. Like, I can sense that if they were able to, they would grab uh, Pino. I mean, Green Chief And Pino's the bigger asshole. one. Yeah, Pino. And that's the, that's the scary thing because if Pino is sick of them, he can just bite back and then there's a big problem. <laughs> yeah, because like, Pino is a lot bigger, but he also has a bigger and stronger beak. Exactly. So I don't want him to bite back, you know? I don't yeah. want... And the Conyers will definitely tease him until he has enough and then it will be over. So 
Aww. yeah I really don't don't want them to interact to be honest and it's so interesting because when I didn't have birch yet I always had this fantasy of having so many birch species and so many birds but it's actually really difficult to mix different kind of species especially yeah. if you have two of them that are really bonded with each other it's really difficult and it comes with big da dangers like they can lose their beak or their toes from fights yeah. And I've seen so many pictures and videos on social media, even in yes. the parrot first aid course that I mentioned, we were yes. looking at different pictures where there was beak injuries because a larger yes. bird had bit their beak and there's like a hole and bleeding or mm. bit off a toe or two toes even. So yeah. you have to be so careful. And sometimes when you see like a picture of like a macaw and a sun conure cuddling, you're like, yes. oh, that's so cute. But it's really not cute. Like when yeah. I see that, I'm like, I'm nervous because yeah. if that macaw just like all of a sudden snaps for whatever reason yeah. and beaks at that conure, that conure could die. Yeah, I mean, of the scale of size. Yes, and our birds can even flip out on us, you know. So why not to another bird? So it's, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I totally understand you with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Pino lives downstairs, and the Conyers live upstairs. Okay, and so yeah. Pino has uh the Montana cage downstairs, and the Conyers have their grand bird room. Yeah. Um, I saw one of your posts where you were talking about Pino and when you first got him and you were talking about how you were intimidated to getting a bigger bird and having a bigger, stronger beak. And you were scared, like, is he going to bite me and all of these different things. So I wanted to know a little bit about what is it like having a medium sized parrot after having small parrots? Because I'm intimidated a little bit by bigger birds. I won't lie, yes. especially with their beaks. And anytime mm. I've seen a macaw, I'm like very yes. slowly and I'm like, oh, please don't bite me, <laughs> yes. you know, or like any type of like yeah. medium sized bird, even like African grays or Amazons. Yeah because they can do a lot more damage and I feel a lot more comfortable with smaller parrots because I've interacted with them for so long and so many different types but mm -hmm. tell me about that experience well I feel the exact same to be honest I'm I'm scared of bigger birds especially of other people because a lot of people a lot of birds are um one person birds only so they're only attached to one person and other people cannot get near them or touch them so yeah, it makes sense that you you yeah you should be a little bit cautious with other people's birds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Pino, I was really intimidated. I was like, oh my god, I have a, such a big bird in my house. Like, can I even do this? Can I handle this? But um, I think because I was uncomfortable with him and he was uncomfortable with me, we really uh, respected each other's boundaries. Like, I didn't want to uh, like cross his boundaries at all because I was so scared of getting bit and um, I was so careful with him uh, until I realized after a lot of months like I think he's not gonna bite me <laughs> like he's so sweet and um, yeah he's never bitten me like Yoshi and Winnie can really bite me but he doesn't bite me so yeah it's I'm not scared of him at all <laughs> anymore and can you handle him like can you, if you needed to like hold him or get him to step up or anything like that, is he comfortable yeah. with that? 
Yeah, I can do a lot of things with him. I can even grab him with two hands. Like I also had to give him medication for a while and I could just grab him and hold him to my chest to give him the medication. So yeah, it's yeah. Right now so over do- time you've you've built that trust with him and you've bonded with yeah. him and he feels really comfortable with you. Yeah, and I must say he still gets aggressive sometimes, but the thing is his body language is so, so clear that I'm I already know immediately when he's pissed off and I just don't get near him when he's pissed off and then it's all fine and I know when he's okay again I know what I can do when he's pissed off without getting bit so it's so and what are some things that a peonist parrot does that you would be like oh I know he's angry like what is his body language do it's mostly his neck feathers that go up and um he can also start uh making very angry sounds he sounds like an angry grandpa he's like wah, 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 wah. i don't know i can't even i can't do it but he sounds like an angry grandpa when he's really angry and that's usually when i have guests over the in my house he hates other people he only likes me so whenever there's a guest over he immediately starts talking like an angry little grandpa he's like don't get near my cage <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. no <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's so sweet to me, but not to other people. Mm. How are the green cheeks when you have guests over? Um, They used to be very easy with people. Um, Right now, when they're a little bit older, they first like to hang out like very high up and just watch the situation. And after a while, they will go down. And if you have treats, they will eventually come to you. It takes some time, but well, with Yoshi, it takes a lot of time, but Winnie... He is so food motivated and he's always so enthusiastic about everything. So yeah, he will come to you. Definitely. That's so cute. Mia's uh, quite similar, I'd say, to your green cheeks. Yeah. Like if we have guests over, I will let her out because I want her to be socialized. I want her to yeah. be sensitized mm-hmm. and I want to be able to have people over and her feel comfortable. Yeah. But she will also be like up high in her ropes or at her station. Yeah. And then after a while, she'll fly to their shoulder and then she'll try to nibble their ear. Oh, and yeah. if someone doesn't have parrots, they're like, ah, is she trying to yeah. bite me? And I'm like, she's just exploring. I know it feels weird, but I can remove her if you feel uncomfortable. Um, yes. But Mia was not like this in the beginning, but nowadays she doesn't like new people's hands and fingers. And she also had a big problem every time I changed my nail polish color. Mm -hmm. Every time I changed my nail color, she was like so angry with my hands. But after desensitizing for, you know, so many times of getting my nails done, now she seems to be really okay with it. And the last couple of times I've changed my nails, she hasn't reacted, but I haven't had the opportunity to train her and desensitize her to other people's hands and nails. Mm or fingers because we don't have people over all of the time to do that you know so she's fine as long as nobody tries to put their hands or fingers near her otherwise she will try to bite so I always have to warn people about that yeah yeah (laughs) that's yeah that's uh same here well Winnie he will bite you if you put your hands in his face but if you call him with a seat he will fly to you so you just shouldn't put your hands in his face, but he will come to you voluntarily. Yeah. Um, Pino will bite everyone. 
<laughs> but you know what? I think that it's important that when you are having guests and you have a flock at home that you let them know, like these, this is my bird's personality. This is what they're like. You need to respect them. This is their, yeah. home. this is their environment. These mm-hmm. are the boundaries and birds also get scared very quickly and new yeah. things and changes are scary to them. And sometimes as humans, we might not always understand that, but yeah. we need to be respectful of our bird's boundaries. Yeah, birds have such amazing sights. They can spot every little detail in a room or on a person and they immediately see a change. Yeah, something absolutely. Different. Has Pino ever bitten you where you were like, ow, that really hurt or broke your skin? Pino not, no, it's not. Pino has never, well, he he only once broke my skin when I had to give him medication and I actually put him in a towel and he was really like, and just mm, biting everywhere out. he could yeah and then he bit my finger by accident but after that I realized it's easier to get him without a towel and just grab him with my bare hands and push him to my body yeah yeah and um oh yeah that's what I wanted to ask you so I remember a few months ago, we were also chatting then because you had been posting in your story that somebody, some scam artist was using Pino's photos and your photos with Pino to try and scam people that they can buy this bird when they actually can't. So I wanted to bring some attention and awareness to this because Mm -hmm. we had been chatting about it. And at that time I didn't have the podcast And now that we have the podcast, let's chat a little bit about it so we can bring awareness to people that don't believe everything that you see online because there are a lot of people that will use people's Instagram photos or Facebook Mm -hmm. photos or TikTok videos. And they will tell you that you're getting this bird. They'll probably ask you for money when this is actually Mm -hmm. somebody else's bird. So what did you do in that situation to make sure that it stopped or that this person got reported or? Yeah, well, I exposed him on my Instagram and just made sure that everyone reported him. And after a while, he disappeared from Facebook. But yeah, it's you cannot really do much because they can just make a new account and start again without you notice knowing it. Um, it's really difficult to stay on top of it. And yeah, it's just really difficult to really uh, handle such situation. All you can do is make sure they delete the pictures or their account or they are reported. But other than that, it's really difficult. Um, and I feel like it especially happens a lot in America because I feel like a lot of people in the USA um get their parents online and and transfer money without getting the bird yet like i don't oh, think really? a lot of, well i feel like it because that's how a lot of those scam artists uh act and um Pionis parrots are ex- uh, very rare in the usa um there are yes. not a lot of breeders left i think there is only one or even none of uh, bronze wing breeders in the usa um thankfully in the netherlands they're uh, quite common lately um, but in the USA, they're very rare. So I think that's why, um, yeah, they try to scam people with Pino um, because people are desperate to get a Pionis and they will do anything and just get their birds online without even meeting them. Um, so yeah, be careful with doing that. Always yeah. make sure you can meet the bird in real life. Yeah. 
Very good tip. Always make sure that you can meet the bird. Never send anybody money before meeting the bird and seeing them in person. Yeah. Because there's a lot of these scams out there. And I think that we need to be aware of that. How did you find out that this person was posting your pictures? Well, actually, I'm in a Pionis Facebook group. And I just commented on someone's post. And then someone saw my profile picture and they were like, oh, I recognize her. Um, and they sent me a chat and they were like, you really look like this girl that a person sent me a picture. A person wanted to sell me a Pionis parrot and the girl in the pictures looked exactly like you. Is it you? And it's so like this person has really great um, sense of detail because it's crazy that she noticed me. Um, so I was like, yes, those are my pictures. Um, that's how I found out. So she, she just saw my profile picture and was like, hmm, she looks like this girl in the pictures. And I think she already knew that it was a scam. So she was really focused on finding me maybe. Um, so that's how I found out. So there could be a lot more people using my pictures and I have no idea maybe. Oh my because gosh. It also, yeah. It also happened to the Conyers. It was a Dutch scammer that used my pictures on uh, the Craigslist to sell his own Conyers. And he used my pictures because they looked cute and tame and cuddly to sell his own birds. Um, Yeah. Oh my gosh. And to anybody who's listening, if you're seeing bird pictures with another person, you need to also question like, is that somebody's picture that they took? Or like, yeah. is it actually this person? Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to be so cautious because you never know who you're dealing with. And there's so yeah. many scammers out there. Yeah, the bird trade is awful. There, There's actually, there was a case in the Netherlands this week and last week. Um, uh, there were, was a, there's a family free flying two green winged macaws in the Netherlands. And one of them got caught by, a, yeah, by a, a thief, a criminal I don't know. Like oh, I think person... I saw you posted this in your story. Yeah. How so did they person... catch this macaw that was free flying? With a net, apparently. So I think the macaws landed somewhere and they caught one of them with a net. And mm-hmm. then they sold the bird to the Belgium uh, bird market. No, they brought the bird to the Belgium bird market. And there, a German man sold the bird. Um, so this is crazy. Like, Oh the my god, did they awful. did they get their macaw back? Yeah, but they had to pay four thousand euros because they had like um a finder's tip. So if someone could give them their macaw back, they would pay four thousand euros. So unfortunately they had to pay the thieves. Um and this, yeah, it really sucks because it can also mean that pe- more people will steal free flight birds because they're like, Oh, I get money if I return the bird, you know. So it's uh, not a good um oh my gosh that is such a nightmare that is such a nightmare how terrifying like you have to be so careful if Mm -hmm. you free fly your birds and they are free flight trained you have to be so careful I've seen a lot of people in Australia and in the U.S. use this I don't know how popular it is elsewhere but they have these GPS trackers that they put on their birds tails so I think that that is a really good thing to have but also Mm -hmm. choosing a location where it's like open space and there's yeah. nobody and you know that they're not going to fly a huge distance away. You need to be able to see your bird because yeah. that's just terrifying. 
but I think these birds were liberty, I think. Do you know this term or is it Dutch? Oh, I think it's a Dutch term then, but we don't only, we not only have free flight birds in the Netherlands, but also liberty birds and liberty birds are, uh, people just put their bird outside and let them fly whatever they want. And they just expect their bird to come back home. Um, and I don't really agree with this way because it has a lot of dangers. Like people yes. can steal them. They can get lost. Um, yeah, there can, there's a lot that can happen. Like they can also annoy people like uh, destroying their houses, their backyard. So I don't think it's a very social thing to do and a thing with a lot of risk. Um, so I would recommend free flight over Liberty. Um, but a lot of people do Liberty and in, it, it sounds beautiful to have you, give your bird such a free life where they can just fly and do whatever they want outside. But it has a lot of risk and it's not yeah, very... Yeah, a lot of risk. There could be predator yeah. birds. Like they could yeah. get spooked or scared of something and fly and then you can't get them. You could lose yeah. them. Mm. They might chew on some like bark or some plants yeah. that are dangerous yeah. or, you know, cause them some kind of like sickness. Like there mm. is just way too many risks with that. Yes. And it's just not safe. If you yes. want your bird to be flying more than just inside your home, I've seen mm. people go to batting cages because then you're in a netted area. Yeah. Or if you have a backyard, you can set up a netted area. Yes, like there's amazing. just so many other things that you can do that's going to be safer and you can yeah. provide your bird with that freedom. I've also heard of people going to like gymnasiums like mm -hmm. a gym somewhere yeah. um like at a school or something like after hours and asking if they can use it because then you're in a closed space you have the doors yeah. closed and you can do recall mm -hmm. training flight training and things like that so finding a space yeah. that's bigger and more open but where it's secure I think is a much better solution yeah I agree yeah I, it it sounds really beautiful to have your birds free like this, but it's yeah, it's too risky. And um, yeah, things like this happen. So your birds get stolen and sold on the bird market. And that's why I don't like the bird trade as well, because you never know where these birds are from. My gosh, my heart breaks when I hear things like this. I know. Yeah. But yeah. It, there's a great community and people are actually raising money for this family because yeah, people don't like well they feel bad for them to have to pay four thousand euros to get their own bird back so i really love the bird community supporting each other so much yeah yeah and i also love the bird community that we have on like social media as well yeah and i'm so glad that i got to meet you and yes. like you always share like really great tips and stuff as well and i really like to do that with my content as well because then we're also like as pet owners or parents parents, <laughs> parents. <laughs> we're sharing information on like bird care and diet and like tips yeah. and, like fun little new things like the skewers and the perches and yeah. making nutriberries with this arabic gum so yeah i just love it because we're always like learning from each other as well so that we can enhance our birds well-being and their like enrichment and happiness in life so we're gonna wrap things up now i'm gonna ask you a couple of fun questions about your parrots <laughs> my first question is if your parrots were to order takeout what do you think they would order that's <laughs> difficult because my birds have never gotten any human food so <laughs> i think really? they, just... they don't eat like vegetables fruits oh, oh I mean, rice yeah, they, 
they do eat vegetables and everything but they don't eat like human meals like no no yeah like there are some people that that let their birds eat their human food like with salt and everything i don't do this so um, but what would they order um yeah i think pine nuts and walnuts (laughs) (laughs) i think mia would want to order like chicken fried rice Chinese food but without all the soy sauce and all those things just rice just healthy vegetables like some carrot red pepper peas maybe some chicken but definitely egg she loves egg (laughs) oh yeah yeah here it's definitely walnuts and pine nuts (laughs) Yeah, those are actually Mia's favorite treats. She's a walnut like monster. Yeah. She goes crazy yeah. for walnuts. Those are probably her favorite. And yeah. she loves pine nuts too. <laughs> yeah. I understand. It's really nice and it's soft. It's nice. Yeah. And actually pine nuts are like the perfect treat size cuz walnuts I'm always breaking them, but pine nuts mm-hmm. they're like just perfect. The perfect size. Yeah. Yeah. Do your parents have a favorite genre of music? What Actually, do they like I've, to listen to? I've never been able to discover a preference in music. Um, Yoshi and Vini don't really react to music at all. Um, Vino loves all music. He he will always scream along with music. Um, there's one song that I randomly found, and it's called "I Heard Somebody Whistle." And I don't like the song, but Pino loves it. And when the the person in the song, he starts to whistle. So Pino whistles along. Um, Yeah. That's cute. (laughs) Yeah, I've discovered loves Christmas music, but specifically the Michael Bublé album. (laughs) She like immediately calms down, goes to sleep, eyes start closing. Sometimes she chirps along and I'm like, you are so adorable. Oh, that's so adorable. Yeah. She also I loves country really music, but that might be because I love country music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I listen to a lot of different genres and I yeah, I don't really notice a difference with their reaction. <laughs> um, if they had a rock band, what <laughs> instrument would each of them play? Hmm. Yoshi no wait who would play the drums Yoshi and Vinny are both like always doing this <laughs> with their heads <laughs> but I think it's mostly Yoshi yeah Yoshi would be the drummer um Pino he would be he would the be singer. the vocal artist the singer yeah and Vinny Vinny would be the bass guitar <laughs> <laughs> I knew it <laughs> Okay, since Christmas is around the corner, I'm going to ask some Christmas stuff, especially since you have your Christmas tree. If your parents had a Christmas wish list, what do you think would be at the top of each of your birds list? Oh, interesting. Hmm. A lifetime supply of walnuts. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I think, yeah, Pino, it's always food, isn't it? Like, I'm thinking about something more interesting than food. Um, but I think it's food, yeah. <laughs> so which food would be Yoshi's? Which food would be Winnie's and Pino's? Um, I think Yoshi would, yeah, pine nuts. Vinny also pine nuts and Pino walnuts, yeah. Okay, so now we know what they're getting for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if your parents were in a Christmas movie... 
what type of Christmas movie do you think they would be in? Something romantic, something... I think something like Home Alone. (laughs) Sorry? Something like Home Alone. (laughs) 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 Okay, one more. If you set up a mistletoe for festive beak smooches, who do you think would be the lucky bird? Mm, Vinny loves kissing the most. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) So Winnie would be giving everybody kisses. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the Parrot Podcast. I'm so excited that we have the opportunity to chat about all these different topics. Let everybody know how they can find you on social media. Yeah, my Instagram is Yoshi underscore GCC. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Are you on any other social media platforms or just Instagram? Just Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Pear Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra from Poodles and Parrots, and we'll see you in the next episode. Have a awesome day and a awesome week. Oh, and one more thing. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. I am not a licensed avian vet, behaviorist, or professional expert in parrots. The information provided is not intended as a substitute for professional advice from a qualified avian vet, trainer, or behaviorist. Consult with a specialist for personalized guidance on your specific situation.